everyone, welcome to the Just Like Us podcast for LGBT young people. My name is Jamie and my pronouns are they and them. And my name's Joe and my pronouns are he and him. So our guest today is an author and illustrator who has created incredible art for RuPaul's Drag Race, uh, Ai Wei and many, many more. Um, alongside his books like Queer Power and Free To Be Me, his Instagram feed really has blessed us all with more representation than we could have ever asked for. So Dominic Inc, thanks so much for joining us. Oh, Joe and Jamie, that was the loveliest little introduction ever. <laughs> But no, thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure to be here with you both and talk to Just Like Us. Oh, amazing. Well, how are you? I mean, world's well, kind of going back to normal, so... It is going back to normal. As of this moment, I'm okay. I'm trying to figure out what the weather is today. You know, it's a little bit sunny, it's a little bit hot, it's a little bit wet, and it's what we call a northern summer, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Shall we do some quick-fire questions to get going? Let's go. Who doesn't love a quick fire question? Me. No, I'm joking. <laughs> question number one. Quick answer. Drag Race UK Series 1 or Drag Race UK Series 2? I can't answer this because I love them both equally. So I, I, I've got to say both. I love both in different ways. Uh, question two. Little Mix or Girls Aloud? Uh, I'd say right now Little Mix. But I'll always love Girls Aloud for the nostalgia. <laughs> but Little Mix are doing so much for girl bands right now, aren't they? Like, you know, they're winning awards, they've done 100 weeks in the chart, and Jade's a hun. You know, Jade's always talking about LGBT plus stuff, so we all love that. Right, next one. Writing yeah. or illustrating? Illustrating. That was quick. Bolton. Well done. Oh, um, Bolton or London? London. <laughs> early bird <laughs> or night owl? Very much an early bird, up at 6am. On it, like a car bonnet, cheese on toast, Ow. boom. So, you know, like through your book, uh, Queer Power, you're kind of like, there's this, this catalogue of amazing queer icons. I want to know, like, what was it like for you growing up at school? Um, did you have your own role models? Um, I think for me growing up at school, I mean, I, I'll turn 35 next week. <laughs> but for me, <laughs> growing up, it was a lot, much longer time ago. So there wasn't really that much representation for LGBT plus people in a way. But we, that's what I found anyway. So I remember uh, when I was at school, like I was the, at the time the only out queer person at school. And I was also like effeminate, camp, bullied a lot. So it wasn't, it wasn't a good cocktail. Actually, that's a lie. I came out of college. So at school, I'd still not come out, but like, you know, do you know what I mean? Like, I was like, hi. And um, <clears throat> yeah, I remember at the time, my, my only points of reference were Will and Grace. Um, mm. And I remember Queerest Folk would come on TV, but that was a bit too old for me to really get into. But Will and Grace, I actually don't know what I would have done without that because that was literally the only point of reference. And it showed you know, queer people just living normal everyday lives, being funny, going on dates, you know, going shopping. And for me, that was a great bit of representation and it still wasn't enough. And I still feel like we don't have enough, if I'm being brutally honest. So when you, you said you came out at college, how was that experience for you? And um, were, were people supportive of you? Uh, you know what, it, to be honest, I remember just one day I was like, you know what, I'm just going to come out I'm gonna do it and I dared myself to do it I don't know why I thought it was a good idea and I told my mum and dad and at home it did go down very well I'm from a very um traditional Roman Catholic family 
And at college, though, people were quite accepting. I think because when I got to college, there was like two other openly gay people there. So that kind of, obviously nowadays is like way more. <laughs> but at the time, I mean, I could spot them because we all wore double denim. So it was like... <laughs> double denim frosted tips we were like i see you um, a lot more people that I went to college with have come out since but um everyone was actually all right like i still got called like gay boy or whatever but i think because i've got older i wasn't really that bothered because i was actually starting to just be like you know what i don't really care i think i'm great so i just started to reaffirm that to myself and, I, and if anyone said anything hurtful it got to me way less because i knew that actually I was on the right path to something <clears> in my head. Like I felt comfortable within my own skin um, and I hadn't for so long. So I think college was a bit of an easier experience than school was for sure. Yeah, I think like to wait until you're comfortable to come out is a really sort of wise thing. I think especially, you know, as there is more representation and awareness of LGBT plus people, it can feel there's a sort of a pressure of like, if there's less negative reaction, why wouldn't you come out right away? Mm. But sometimes you take that little time to build your confidence in yourself and then you are prepared for whatever comes on the other side and it's something that you feel then ready to share with people I think that you know there's no shame at all like I know that probably there will be people listening who are still exploring who they are or um, haven't come out to anyone yet or aren't out to everyone in their lives yet and I think that's such an important message that like to wait until you're really feeling comfortable to be confident in yourself is a really smart thing to do at that time and I think as well what helped and um I'd never even knew you could utilize it but at college there was like a counsellor you know it's like a guidance counsellor and obviously it's kind of like who you get as a guidance counsellor and they're free to use but I just thought you know I don't know what I'm doing I don't feel like you know my parents get me so what I'm going to do is I'm going to see a guidance counsellor and their words sort of helped they were just sort of like keep doing what you're doing this isn't a bad thing keep watching Will and Grace and I remember they couldn't really give me much reference for anything else at the time that was like queer but age appropriate but I think if you know if someone younger <laughs> is this, if there's anyone that they can speak to that they think is like a really good figure whether it's like a teacher or if there is a guidance counselor at the college or someone that they really trust they might be able to help you a bit more with that as well if you don't feel safe saying it to your parents or family. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's really interesting as well. Like, I think sometimes it can happen in stages. So you kind of think of coming out as being this like, you know, instant rip the bandaid off kind of thing and it's done. But actually it can kind of, I always think often you have like a second coming out. So you kind of come out when you kind of declare your, your identity. And then there's another coming out where you actually become comfortable with that yourself and kind of um, expressing that yourself in different ways. Like I remember when I came out, I was incredibly privileged like growing up near Brighton and things where it was very accepting and um, like at my college and things that were just there were LGBT plus people all over the place kind of thing it was brilliant but I remember I still have this thing of being in this memory of being in like Waterstones or something and looking at the LGBT section and I just remember like sweating and just being so nervous that someone was going to see me mm. and you know anything but actually but I'm out why am I still feeling all this stuff and I just think it shows that it can take it can take time and it's there's cycles and there's different kind of bits you have to go through and it's all a process it's not quite as simple as just coming out and then it's all easy and it's done. Yeah, it's not. And as well, I think um, people forget when you come out, you actually do it like numerous times. Mm. Like literally, like I remember having to come out to the lady who served me the food in the canteen. 
She's like, are you gay now? Are you gay? And I was like, oh, yes, I am. She's like, oh, that's lovely. And I was like, oh, thanks. She's like, my, co- she's like, my cousin's gay, I don't speak to him. And I was like, great, uh, thanks. But it's something that you do have to keep doing. Yeah. Um, and I think another point, briefly there to touch on as well, like when you're in Warpstones looking at the books, at the time as well, there wasn't that much in terms of LGBT plus books that, again, were age appropriate, like... I'd go in Waterstones and it'd be like really adult content, shall we say. Whereas now, like I went into the Piccadilly Waterstones and I was chatting to the person who worked there and he's worked there for 20 years. And he was like, this LGBT section used to be three shelves and now it's an entire two space wall. And it was just covered with every kind of, it was amazing to see. Um, and when you see more of that representation, you feel a bit more less like you're sweating and nervous looking at it. You know, mm. you feel more like, oh, this is a safe space. I like it. Yeah, I mean, you'll see your own books, so... <laughs> I do, and then I see people pick them up and go, oh, I don't like it, and put it back, and then I follow them out of the shop, and I shout <laughs> at them, and I say, listen, Debbie, no, I don't really. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. I so, um... had a load of, like, positive reaction as well, though, right? I'm sure. <laughs> oh, no, you know what? No, yeah, free to me and queer power, we've had really great reactions with it, especially free to be me. When that came out, the amount of messages I got, the launch weekend of it, because I didn't realize it was a lot of them rough parents as well saying that it helps them open conversations up with their kids. I know one parent had a trans son and he he hadn't spoken to her, I think, for like a week or two. He'd just gone really quiet and she was really worried about his sort of depression, mental health. And she gave him the book and he literally came back to her a day later, he'd filled it all in and they had like a massive chat. And she was like, We had conversations that we never would have had, but your book helped be a catalyst. Not that I'm saying like I brought the family together or anything, but I think it shows the important tool of having an LGBT plus book for ages 12 plus, because there's still not much out there like it. No, absolutely. So would you say in terms of role models, were there any in, I mean, you said Will and Grace, so yeah. would that be your main one? I think growing up, uh, it probably was. That, that was the main thing, but I did, you know what, it was interesting though, Role model wise, when I was younger, I looked a lot to like comic books. I'm a massive like comic book nerd. So I turned to X-Men a lot. And it's funny because oh, me I mean, I think, yeah, I think every <laughs> everyone loves X-Men. But also it's got such a massive following in the LGBT plus community because it is about people that feel othered <laughs> and feel like they're not part of society. Um, so I'd always looked at X-Men and like people in it like Storm or Gambit or any of these characters. And in my head, I'd be like, I'm an X-Men. But yeah, I you know, definitely relate to that. Absolutely. hundred percent. Were you, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm looking at you and I'm thinking, were you a Jean Grey or a Mystique? I don't know. <gasps> Mystique. Yeah, Mystique. Absolutely. I wrote a um, thing for Gay Times really recently for Just Like Us about um, how Mystique basically helped me like growing up gay and everything. Yeah. Mystique is the moment, as Wendy Williams would say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad there's more fellow X-Men fans out there. Yes. That's amazing. Do you feel like since you left school and had your sort of growing up experience, how do you think that life has changed since then for you in terms of your LGBT plus identity? Oh, I think it's changed loads in a way because I think you just grow into yourself more and you get more used to yourself. And I do think there's a whole separate coming of age than what sort of straight people have than to what LGBT plus people do because you have to like almost reintroduce yourself everywhere you go like whether it's a workspace or you go into uni or a new job but also you're, you're going in against like preconceived notions of who you are if that makes sense like people would see me as like camp and effeminate and have me down as like oh I'm this sort of person I'm this and all that and then they get to know me 
and they'd realise I'm iconic. So it was just, <laughs> it was just, it was one of those things where I think over the years you get more and more comfortable with yourself. And I'm, I'm still learning loads about myself as well, anyway. And you know, not to quote Kylie Jenner, realizing stuff. But I get, yeah, I think as you get older, you get more comfortable with it. And the more that you are just openly yourself, the more that you feel like you don't need to apologize for who you are. You can always be authentically you. Because I think yeah. as well, we all, we all carry a lot of shame, don't we, in many different ways. And a lot, loads of other, we've all got lived experiences and different traumas and things that we've been through. And there's points where I'm like, you know what, I, I'm not that bothered now what people think of me because I'm living my truth and I feel like I can be in my authentic, queerilicious self. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so true what you say, though. I think it's a bit, like I said before, there's it's the cycles and the, there's so many different layers you need to unpick. And then you realise like five... 10 years down the line or something you think oh god that's that's still affecting me like why is that still affecting me and then you can look back over it and you can understand it better and yeah it's all just a process of becoming your authentic self I think yeah definitely and I think as you get older as well you just view things with a bit more of a different lens because you're a bit more of a seasoned queen so you have like a bit of a, a different viewpoint on how you would handle situations when you were younger and I still find it really interesting that even though now I'm older people that bullied me at school really badly will message me on Instagram being like, hi, oh my God, we went to school, we did my wedding invites. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> seriously, <laughs> you know? But in their head, they've not remembered half the stuff that they did, but I remember every word they said. So it's interesting that you come at it and schoolboy Dom in my head was like going to write a sassy response. But I actually wrote a really nice adult one saying, you know what? I'm really busy, bye. I did a GC, I'm done, boy. <laughs> but no, you're totally right. What you just said then was was pitch perfect. Like we grow and we just learn so much about ourselves and reflect on things differently. And then you take that forward going forward as well, don't you? And no, absolutely. Do you think how can we ask about your family life, either your yeah. biological family or your chosen family? How has that kind of gone from when you first came out? So my, I'm from a very, very small family. So there's literally my mum, my dad and my sister. That's, there's not, I've got friends who've got like 95,000 cousins and brothers and things like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're from a very small family. So when I came out, my sister, she's older than me. She was at university at the time. So I was at home in Bolton with mum and dad and I came out and it didn't go down well at all. And it took them over a decade to even have the conversation properly again and sit down. It's a very touchy subject. But in that time, I realised that you ultimately have to find your own closure in the fact that there isn't any closure. So you have to kind of like know that that is an ongoing thing that is just going to sit there in a box in your head. But you've just got to realise that like you're still doing everything right. You've been who you are, you know. And I do think time and education helped a lot with my mum and dad. And now they've got to a point where like they understand <laughs> it a bit better you know, they met one of my ex-boyfriends years ago for the first time, but I was really nervous about that. Like, I'd not, I'd not introduced a boyfriend to a parent and I was like, what, 31? And it was the first time I'd done it because I, it built up so much in my head. I was so scared. So I think it's one of those things where with my family at the moment, we're in a place where, you know, they've got all the books. They love a bit of free to be me. Mum recommends it at the church book group. You know, she's in there doing it, which is great. And I do, I do actually love that they've got to that point. And my sister's always been amazingly supportive ever since she was young. She's actually been, I don't know where I'd be without her, to be honest. So she was really good. And then chosen family-wise, I'm just really blessed that all the people that I know up north are really great, fantastic queer people. And all my friends in London are fantastic, amazing queer people. I've been very blessed to have such great people around me. 
And I do think it is about finding your own way within the LGBT plus community in terms of who you want to surround yourself with um, and who you want to make part of like your inner circle. Because you do have to lean on people a lot, especially in COVID as well. You know, loads of people couldn't get home for Christmases or certain things. And you did find yourself leaning more on your chosen family a lot as well, because they were more imminent. You could like walk to them or they might be around the corner or something or down the road. So at the moment, they're both in fairly good places. It's amazing to hear. Um, Yeah. I think that um, this chosen family thing is so important, but it's also something that you so often hear, like as sort of a person growing up, like I I heard all about this and I kind of felt like I took a while to find my place in the community. And I think it's great to sort of hear you say as well, it, it, it does take that time to find the place where you fit in that like often the image is about, you know, going out to like bars and things like that and all of that scene being like the only place but obviously there's so many different like places that you can go to find other LGBT plus people um and to make that community through that if that's not your scene or if you're not of the suitable age to go into bars um or if there's nowhere near you physically there's like so much online community now there's so many things like even being in Just Like Us for me has really helped me meet like loads of LGBT plus people who are, you know, of a similar mind to me and who I get on with really well. So I think it's, yeah, it's about sort of like trying different things out and finding where that place is rather than kind of just, uh, I felt like I waited for a while for it to come to me and it didn't happen. Yeah. Like, what am I doing wrong? But oh. yeah, that's, that's really great. Well, I think you're great. If you ever see me, I'll always buy you a cup of tea and a cake. And that goes for both of you. Right. Um, no, no, I think you're right. And I do think as well, though, I have noticed in London, there's way more spaces opening up that aren't uh, focused around like going out and drinking kind of vibes like Glass House on Brick Lane opened up just the other week, which is a sober space. It's got a podcast room. It's got a cafe. It's got a little library, performing space tables you can sit and chill. And that's just a really lovely thing <laughs> to see, you know, but it's just for queer people. It's just it's just so beautiful to see that there's things like that as well, because I know some people don't want to do the whole like night out drinks kind of vibe. People want to go down a different route. But yeah, I think if we get more spaces like that as well, that will help people maybe feel less intimidated when they come out. Because, you know, when you come out, and you're in a big city, you're like, ah, <laughs> it's, it's so overwhelming. You're just like, what do I do? Yeah, definitely. I think it's something that, it's so exciting because I think something that the queer community or the LGBT plus community do so well is that we have like that instant connection. I mean, I can't speak for everyone, but often if I meet other LGBT plus people, I feel like a kinship because I know that on some level we've been through something similar. And so if that kind of ethos can be extended to things like cafes or you feel like podcasts or whatever it is that isn't just about drinking, going out and things when you're 18, that is just so powerful and so exciting. Yeah, no, definitely. I love that. So Dom, your, the struggle that you had with your um, biological family, how much do you think that's influenced your work today? Oh, you know what? I think it's massively done it. I think um, when Free To Be Me, I'd been trying to get published for like three years. And I just remember thinking, God, I wish I had like an interactive journal or something that I could have just worked through that wasn't overwhelming to look at. And it just reaffirmed that I'm right, that I'm awesome and I'm homo. So I was just like, that's when I started creating that. But as I was writing it, I remember at the time we, we worked in diary entries of, of what I'd been through coming out at the time because I, I actually was like, this ties in directly with my experience in terms of coming out because it's kind of like, even the chapters are like, you know, 
it's all about you know what lgbt plus stands for activities about yourself and then it goes into like what pride is community finding people in the community to connect with and it's kind of like the steps of like when you come out which i never really realized until you know two years after it came out but um yeah i think that that always informs my work and i think especially with uh, social media and illustrations even working on stuff like drag race you know, on the last season when Bimini and Ginny had that really important and necessary chat about non-binary on a mainstream channel in the UK, that was a massive thing. So we did like little educational, sort of really simple stuff like how to be non-binary ally online stuff just for Instagram, but it really took off. And I had teachers messaging me saying they were using it on classrooms and Google Docs. So I think at the moment, people and allies really want to learn and they want to be more educated <laughs> on it. Literally before I came on this call, I had a voice note off someone on Instagram whose niece is trans. She's a trans girl and she's 17. And her auntie's like, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know what books to buy yet, like blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, you need to start with this, this, this and this. <laughs> and you need to look at, just like us, gender intelligence and all these things, because I think people are seeking that information now, whereas they didn't think of it before. That's so important because it, it, it can even just be like sort of giving people a reference point. So if someone's never heard of a non-binary person before, the fact that, you know, maybe I talk about my non-binary friend, that gives them something to think, oh, I, I, oh I've heard of that. I've heard of someone being called they them before. Yeah. I, I know what that is. I may not be a complete expert in it yet, but I know I've heard of it. So it's yeah. a starting point and a reference point. And I think that's so important. No, definitely, definitely. And I, I think when you do have like resources out there, whether it is a chat on Drag Race or a pop singer talking about something or whatever, it does help. Because I think as well, we're all in our little echo chambers, aren't we, of LGBT plus online stuff. And it's breaking out those echo chambers so everyone hears it. And, you know, the, the person that messaged me is like a lovely mum who lives in Dorset, who's a fantastic person. And she's like, oh, I just want to check I'm doing things right. And I was like, I'm not like the gatekeeper of, of trans community, but I can recommend amazing people to follow. <laughs> but yeah, no, I totally think you're right. You know, you, you speak about, you know, people come to you for this advice um, about LGBT plus identities and where to turn. Um, did you have any education at school about LGBT plus? Where did you first learn about it? And how, how was that for you? Um, I first learned about it when my mum and dad briefly discussed it. I think I was very young and something had come on TV or like a news report about something. And they were like, we're not going to speak about that now. And I was like, oh, okay. And then that was it. Like school, I was taught. There's a lot of stuff missing out, isn't there, that we need to learn. <laughs> um, so LGBT history was something that was never taught in my school. And I think as well, because it was a Catholic school, it wasn't something that they wanted maybe to speak about. So yeah, my education, I just learned as I went along and read books and watched documentaries and things. And I'm still learning. There's still so much to learn. It's almost like, it's kind of like a can of worms, isn't it? You open it and you're like, oh my God, loads has happened. And not just in the UK, like across the world in the US, there's so many amazing things going on. And um, which is why with Queer Power, I was like, this is a book where we've got famous icons in it, like Billy Porter. But then we've got people that you may not have come across before, the young kids and adults than any age can be like, oh, I want to follow their journey and I'm going to follow them on Instagram and support their book or whatever they're doing. And I can learn more from them. But yeah, I didn't, I didn't get a lot of school. How about you two? Did you two get a lot? I honestly it's such a thing that I've learned from being part of JLU is like I never really thought about it I just kind of assumed it wasn't something that you knew about in school yeah, and, yeah, you know same. I never thought about the lack of something because it's hard to kind of conceptualize that but I got taught basically nothing and there would be sort of occasional mentions of it I don't even remember the first time I learned about the fact that people were LGBT plus 
but it sort of was something that people talked about in the playground in a negative way but not in the classroom in a way of just saying this is a normal thing and so that was really kind of a strange thing for me to go through in my head then thinking oh well maybe I'm part of this community that is only talked about in an exclusively kind of negative way and then coming into JLU and seeing what goes on in schools these days you know because we go into the schools and we do our workshop sessions and talks and things like that with kids in schools and like mm. it's such a difference even you know a lot of the time it's not even just that we come in and do our talk they've already done work on this and they already have a pride group in the school oh, they have like all of this stuff and as you say about having been to a roman catholic school you know the roman catholic schools are inviting us in for talks it's it's a real changing landscape yeah um, that, that is amazing yeah because um, even in terms of just like catholicism i know in manchester we have like a queer catholic mass um, and my parents went to two and they met another set of parents there who had a son who was gay. He lived in London and they connected through that. And it was a really nice space for them to connect. But yeah, going back to school stuff, you're totally right. Like growing up for me, it's a very lack of stuff, but you don't realise there's a lack <laughs> of it because it was taken away from you. You didn't even know it existed <laughs> for there to be a lack of it. So you kind of like conditioned in your head to be like, oh, I don't really know much about this. But then you're like, am I an alien? Like what? I'm having all these feelings in my body, but there's no points of reference in history or figures to look at. And then finally, you know, you get out of school and you learn stuff and you're like, oh, amazing. Mm. It's so true. And it's like when your only thing, of if you hear gay, it's a negative thing or you hear, yeah, yeah. I don't think I ever heard the term LGBT plus when I was at school, but if I heard things like gay, it was always negative. And so you, you enter the world thinking that there's kind of something wrong with you or that's certainly how I felt there was just this inherent thing that was a little bit wrong and a little bit not right and something I had to apologize for but I think things are definitely changing which is really exciting and hopefully our work with Just Like Us is aiding that and pushing that forward. On that note <laughs> we ask our final question that we ask all of our guests the mm -hmm. big one so if you were to speak to your younger self in school let's say about like 13 years old or something what would you have to say to your younger self? See Jamie I thought you were going to do this question like on Drag Race like Dom here's a photo of yourself <laughs> what would you say and I stand there crying telling you my trauma and Rue's like <laughs> yeah no I think I'd say um, to my younger self and I know it's really cliche but keep going work through it it will get better um, I think it's one of those things where it feels like everything's fallen apart at one point, which I did. There was that point when I was like, I literally don't think I've got a safe space. I don't know what to do. I've got no friends. I'm in Bolton. What the hell? And it was one of those points where I was like, you know what? It's going to get better. I'm going to move through it. And that's the one thing I always remind myself to just keep moving through it and it will get better. Um, because when you do come through it, there's so much growth that you go through and so much life experience. And when you do find that community out there and those people that connect with you and when your family do finally understand things and get their head around it or family members sort of start to ask for information and want to be educated, it's really a beautiful moment, a full circle moment. So yeah, I'd say to anyone out there who's thinking about anything, just know it always will get a bit better. There's so many resources out there as well for you. And you've always got a friend in me. Oh, that's amazing. I think there'll be so many people that will connect with what you've just said and that will give them hope. Also, I think so many, I mean, you've both said so many amazing, brilliant things today. Like, you know, a little clap for you two because you're both amazing. Oh, oh, thank you as well, because you've, you've been an amazing guest. 
Oh no! But and John, honestly, where can people follow you? Where can they hear more about you? And um, people and... can follow me on Instagram at Dom Anding, which is D O M A N D I N K, and then Free to Be Me is out online and in your local independent bookshops and in stores now. And Queer Power is out online and in local independent bookshops too. And I've just done my first ever massive brand partnership with River Island where we've taken artwork from Queer Power and put it onto T-shirts and 30% of every item goes to UK Black Pride too. So there's loads, I mean, there's loads to take in there. But basically, go to your bookshop, go to Instagram or pop in River Island and there'll be something Dominic awaiting for you. Amazing. But um, if anyone would like to follow Just Like Us on Twitter, Instagram and TikTok, it's at Just Like Us UK. Thank you so much, Dom. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, everyone who's listening at home or wherever you are. Have a good day.